regular people are taking their knowledge and content, packaging it up in an online course, and they're making a living doing it. But not everyone is successful with online courses. There's a right way and there's a wrong way. And I'm here to help course creators actually succeed with online courses. Hi, I'm Jacques Hopkins, and this is The Online Course Show. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to The Online Course Show. I'm your host, Jacques Hopkins, and this is a show where we talk about online courses and online business and memberships and funnels and offers and really just how to make money and make an impact and have freedom in your life and business uh, with an online business that probably includes an online course. My glass of iced coffee that I have here is empty, and that's because I've been sipping it during a fantastic conversation with Stephen Faust. You're gonna hear from shortly. Stephen is making a living now from teaching NCOs, that's non-commissioned officers in the Army to get promoted. And look, he'll readily admit this is not the thing that he is most passionate about in the world, just like I admit here to you that my main online course, which is teaching piano, that today is not the thing that I'm most passionate about, but I do love helping other people learn piano all over the world and making money from that thing. And now I'm really passionate about this. And that kind of allowed me to do this here, talking with you on this podcast. So shortly, you're going to hear the conversation between myself and Steven. You're going to hear a lot about his backstory and the things that led to him making money from a, a membership that helps these NCOs to get the promotions. Uh, Steven is a father of six. He lives in Arizona. He's actually a part of my coaching program, so I know him kind of well, but I never got to really dive deep into his backstory like I did in this conversation. So uh, a lot of really, really cool information. Hearing about how he got to this point and how he was able to succeed with a membership. And, and when you hear membership, you probably think, okay, the pro is we're making money from it every single month. The con is it's probably more work on an ongoing basis. But Steven has figured out a way to create an effective membership that doesn't suck up a lot of his time. So he has a lot of great nuggets and tools that he's using to make it to where he doesn't have to spend a lot of time inside of his membership. So if you wanna hear a story of somebody in the trenches in a niche you probably you know hadn't heard of before, uh, this is your episode, this episode is for you. Before we get into the full conversation, let me tell you about Bonjoro. Bonjoro is one of my go-to tools in my tech stack. It doesn't cost very much each month. I've used it for probably eight years now. Every time somebody signs up for my piano course or you know my OCG coaching program, they'll get a personal video message from me, the creator, just welcoming them in, making sure they know that you know me and my team are there for them if they need anything on uh, along the way, and it just it sets that relationship off on just such an amazing uh, footing because they just paid me money through the internet. They're getting access to you know pre-recorded content and whatnot, and I can break through that just automated internet wall and say, "Hey, what's up? I'm a real person. I call them out by name. Welcome them." And that is something I'm still doing to this day, and it's something I highly recommend to you as well. Like I said, our guest today, Stephen, uses it for the exact same purpose as well. Has been doing it a while, and you'll hear him talk about how much he likes Bonjoro as well. And so through the link I'm about 
about to give you, you can get a free trial, try it out for yourself. And then if you decide to upgrade to a paid version of the software, which just allows you to use your own branding and maybe send a few more bonjouros each month, because they do have a free plan you can stay on, uh, you will get 20% off for life if you use this link. So head to bonjouro.com slash OCG. That's spelled B-O-N-J-O-R-O dot com slash OCG to take advantage of that offer. So without further ado, here's that full conversation between myself and Stephen Faust. Hi, Stephen. Welcome to the Online Course Show. What's going on, Jack? Glad to be here. So look, I'll be honest with you. Sometimes with these interviews, it's the first time I'm meeting somebody. And, and we've talked dozens and dozens of times at this point, just not on this medium. So the way I want to start this is because I know a lot about kind of your current situation and where you're trying to go. I, I've never heard the details of the backstory. So that's certainly where I want to start. Give me the story and however much detail you want that led to you wanting to get into online business and make courses and memberships. Yeah, man. So just rewinding, let's go way back. You know, I was in the army for 12 and a half years on active duty from 85 to 98. I got off of uh, active duty. I stayed in the reserves for eight years and retired from the army reserve in 2005. And then I just did, you know, what a lot of people do. I went and got a job and did corporate jobs and got leadership jobs and started to kind of lean into that. And then before I knew it, I was kind of you know, all the way up to my nose and corporate bureaucracy and things like that. And it kind of snuck up on me over, you know, a number of years. But I realized probably in, I don't know, 2010 or so that, man, this this isn't the life that I want. So I started to think, how can I how can I do this entrepreneur stuff? That was, you know, 2010-ish. Things were starting to kind of take off. And I'm thinking, what can I go do? So really, I didn't do a whole lot for the next number of years other than just dream about what's possible. But I just knew from my corporate day job that I had, I was a vice president, I was an executive in aerospace manufacturing companies. And I worked for big companies like Honeywell and General Electric. And I know you were an engineer. And I was in aerospace manufacturing. So I worked with a lot of engineers. I'm not an engineer by by training. But I can certainly appreciate the, the skill level of those guys and, and ladies out there. But I just realized that, man, this isn't the life I want, but I didn't know where and how to pivot. And I started dreaming first and realizing that I did have these proverbial golden handcuffs on that I was making really good money. I had a had good enough life and you know things were taken care of, but I was working crazy hours, weekends, my health was declining, I was overweight, and I just knew that at some point in my life, something had to change. But that's kind of what took me up through the decisions I started to, to really make and get more intentional about. You mentioned you started dreaming. What, what did those dreams look like? Dreams of working on my own terms. I think that's the biggest, broadest way for me to explain it is I, I knew I knew that as long as I worked for somebody else, that I would always have caps. Even though I had a great income, a great life, a great job, you know, my two to three percent raises per year, a decent bonus, kind of that the corporate, you know, what a lot of people out there are going through. And I just realized that that was not going to get me the lifestyle that I wanted. And it wasn't as much of the money 
as much as it was of the freedom because I have six kids, Jock. They, I've been married a couple times. They, they're all grown except for two. Well, actually, my, my son today, as we record this, is moving into his dorm in college. So, yeah, he's moving in today. And then I have a 10th grader at home. And all my other kids are, are grown adults. And I just I missed so much. I just missed so much. I missed I miss all of the sports. I miss all of the school stuff. I missed all of that because I was busy. And, and a lot of this was my mindset. No, I have to be there. I have to be at work. I have to do it. You know, if I don't do it, I'm not going to be successful. And I was really driven to to climb a ladder that at some point I said, I don't want to climb another rung on that ladder because this ladder is not getting me to the right roof that I want to go to, right? And uh, I, I just really had this epiphany uh, over, and it wasn't overnight. It was over time. My my dreaming was was similar. I would say when I was working as a, as an engineer, as you mentioned, my dream was always like I don't like having to like request for time off, even though I had like a fairly flexible job. I felt bad requesting time off. I remember one time a coworker of mine requested off for three weeks to go on a European trip with his wife. And I was, I was so jealous and I was like, yeah. I was almost mad at him because it turned out to not be a problem. My boss was super cool and, and he, you know, we made it work, but I was like, oh, I could never do that. I could never go to my boss and ask for three weeks off. And so I just really wanted that, that freedom of, when I make a decision to take three weeks off, three months off, three days off or whatever, like I'm the end of that discussion, right? Now I have to put certain things in place now to make that happen, which is fine, but I don't have to go to anybody else for that to happen. And I don't need to feel bad about it either. Yeah. And, and, and that's so true, Jock, because even though in some companies I worked at, I had, un, you know, the proverbial unlimited vacation when, when you're a certain <laughs> level in some company, you know what unlimited vacation means? You can't have any vacation. Right? Yeah, because it's like, then you'd really feel bad about taking off because you don't right. want to abuse it, right? That's exactly right. And I'd have unlimited, unlimited vacation. Uh, I would never go on vacation because I had, quote, too many responsibilities. I had the P&L. I was managing budgets and millions of dollars in revenue. And I in the aerospace industry, a lot like most industries, you know, you get upset customers, you're not delivering on time, you have project issues, you're not, your products are having issues. And I was on literally hot standby here. I'll, my phone I'm showing, I had it on the nightstand and it, in my mind, it was always like buzzing and going off and I'd check it all night long. And I, I just realized, man, that I'm going to, I'm going to stroke out. I'm going to stroke out and have a heart attack here. And luckily for me, though, my wife, Nadia, is the best partner in this. She just she just took care of everything with the kids and with school and with events and with sports. And she never complained. She knew that the sacrifices were being made. It created a certain life. And, and I really appreciate that. But I just knew that that couldn't last forever. When I'm 56, I just turned 56 a, a, a couple of months ago. And I just knew my dad passed away at 58. Um, and then my brother's had some really poor health and he's, he's 67 now he's doing better. But I just knew that, man, I'm on the back nine. I love playing golf. I'm on the back nine. I've made the turn. 
I got four or five holes left, and am I going to live these last four or five holes of life getting up and going to work at 6 a.m., coming home at 8 p.m., working on weekends, being miserable, getting a good paycheck every other Friday, right? That was nice, good bonuses, but it became not worth it. And I think that has, as we get into kind of what I'm doing today, I think a lot of that is the reason why I do the things the way I do today. I could do more. I could build bigger. I could grow faster. But I think I've really leaned into the lifestyle now because of coming up that way. And I really appreciate an afternoon nap. I really appreciate going for a walk in the middle of the day. I really appreciate not having any meetings or doing anything until after lunch on a lot of days. I really appreciate every day I pick my son up from high school until he starts driving here pretty soon, which is a whole nother set of issues for me. But, you know, picking him up every day, I never could do that, man. I just never could. And I, I know what's now I know because of people like you and working with you and being in your programs, I know what I can do and what I can achieve and now it's more of a decision about what do I want to achieve and what kind of life do I want to live. And to me, that is far more important than how many dollars can I stick in my pocket. I need to have enough. And once I have enough, what lifestyle do I want to live? And that, to me, is a, a much higher priority for me right now. Well, you're, you're speaking my language with that for yeah. sure. I, I never I never met corporate, Stephen. I've, I've only known yeah. you the past couple of years. And and. You give off the the vibe that you're very happy with with how your life is, very happy oh, with yeah. how your life is, yeah. and so my uh, wife, my wife, Jock, tells me uh, when I when we run into friends and people maybe who only know the new me, right? She will tell them, "You don't know what a different person he is today," and and it makes you know a good thing is it's like wow, I I can change for the better, and then the other side of me goes. I must have been a miserable person uh, because for her to say that, it just really opens my eyes to, to remind me of I was not happy, I was uh, not healthy, and it, it just keeps in check kind of what my life was and what it is and what it still can be. And that's something that I'm, I'm really intentional about creating for my wife, myself, my family. Well, I want to go back to the backstory and pick up where we left off. But keep in mind, there could be plenty of people listening to this that are in the situation you were in. And so I want to want to hear your particular story. But if you can lace in any lessons and, and advice for that type of person sure. who's in that situation that you were in, I think that'd be really helpful. Yeah, man, it, it's it's a couple of pieces of advice just going into that is. I stayed way too long doing what I was, quote, good at doing, what I was getting paid to do. I would have gotten help a lot sooner. I would have found people out there doing the things that I want to do, and I would have leaned into that and got that coaching, got that support faster and earlier. I'm trying to remember when you and I first came across. I started listening to the podcast. I know I was in some of your early programs. Uh, I'm guessing, I've heard you ask people this on other podcasts. I know you look it up, but... Um, I don't know exactly. I'm guessing it would have been like 2019. Um, and that, that would be my, that would be my thought. It was before you were on Kajabi. It was before it, you were a ClickFunnels guy. You were doing courses and, and maybe teaching and coaching inside of Facebook and things like that. So, um, those, those, it's been, been some time, but that's the big piece of advice. Leave before you're perfectly 
comfortable, get help sooner, and store. I keep this. I keep this next to my desk. This squirrel here that I'm holding up. It reminds me how to try to stay focused on the things that are important to me. And one thing that I learned was I knew I wanted to make a pivot. I knew I wanted to get out of the life that I was in, but I knew to do that and to make my wife much more comfortable with that decision, I needed to store some nuts up. And I started to store nuts. I would take my bonus. I would stock it away. I would get, we got to a point when I left my job at the end of January in 2022, um, when I left my full-time corporate job, we had had, we had about 18 to 24 months of income saved up that we if, and if we kind of went scorched earth, we could probably make make that last three years, right? So I always knew, and if you're out there and you're a corporate job and you're, and you're wanting to take a chance and you're wanting to do something to better your life, better your family, just think about this. Okay, store some nuts up for the future as much as you can, and you can always go get a job. You can all, my, my wife says, you know what, if this doesn't work out, you can go get a job. I didn't magically become dumb, Overnight, I could go get another job, and um, I never want to do that. I can promise you. <laughs> That's so funny. That's what I've always said too. Like if I wouldn't have yeah. had my wife and I didn't build up some some savings to live very frugally for for us, it was up to twelve months to live very very frugally for this whole thing to not work out. But once again, like you said, like I knew I could always go get get a job like somewhere somehow, right? And, and not everybody has like multiple degrees, but I feel like those are less and less important as every day passes. So I happen to have a couple of degrees that I, I figured I could lean on plus eight years of experience as an engineer. Fortunately, I never had to cash that in. Um, but the, the worst case scenario is you burn through some savings and you go back to work. Best case, best case scenario is a level 10 life. Yeah. So I, that's I, right. I and, and, and I never, I never really had to dive into the savings, right? It was there. But one of the things, I, one of the downsides of having a good corporate job, even though you may be miserable, is you're comfortable. You can be, you can end up very comfortable. And through that, it it can cause you to not lean forward enough because you know you have this comfortable thing that you're in the midst of. So how aggressive are you? How intentional are you about pivoting? How fast do you decide to pivot? I didn't do it nearly as fast and intentional enough because I was comfortable and I didn't really know exactly what I wanted to do. So I was dabbling. I did a lot of dabbling. I listened to a lot of podcasts. I followed a lot of people. I tried, you know, little things. Oh, I wonder if I could figure that out. I wonder if I could figure this out. And it just took me some iterations of going through that to figure out ultimately it was through, it was through that lens of, is this something that excites me? Let me try it. That doesn't excite me. Is this something that excites me? Let me try it. Okay. Maybe a little bit. Let me try something else. And then as that began to get traction, that helped me be more decisive in my timing of when to, to when to leave my job. So that really helped. Yeah. I, I certainly burned through a majority of my savings. Uh, I did have to tap into uh, yep. the nuts that we had saved. <laughs> so while, while I have it up, I did, I did look it up just for the record. I, you, you first, you first joined my email list in February of 2020. So right okay, before COVID and yeah. you, you, I'm looking at the, the email address and I'm guessing that's like the, 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 the corporation you were working for. I won't say it here on air, but it's, 
you know, Stephen at, and then it looks like probably where you were working was the email you opted in for. And at the time I had the offer of like the, the free course when you, when you bought that book, uh, the ClickFunnels book through my affiliate program. So you did that the next day, it looks like, and, uh, we've been in pretty close contact, uh, since. So appreciate all your support over the past three plus years. But you yeah. said that for you that you didn't really have to uh, tap into the savings a whole lot. So you, you found success pretty quickly with your own stuff. And, and let me back up one step further th- than that as well. Like, how did you even know that there was an alternate path, right? A lot of people don't realize that there's another path. There's like the online business world kind of exists. And that's another that, that is a, a reasonable path to take outside of, of a normal nine to five job. Yeah, let, let me let me caveat the tapping into savings. I didn't tap into the nuts that I stored up, but right right when I left, I got a large bonus. Okay. So I got a large bonus. It was a six figure bonus. And well that that'll that. that'll that's some nuts right there. That's pretty yeah, good. Yeah. But that wasn't that didn't go into the nuts that were already stored. Okay. It it kind of was the it was the big thing that allowed me the runway to now figure things out. Right. Um, which which was huge. I know everyone doesn't have that that opportunity, but you just got to figure out a different path, maybe. But it it was helpful to me. And I realized I was making enough. Right. When I left my job, I was making four or five thousand dollars a month. And from from the side hustle. Yeah. From from kind of multiple things. Right. Doing multiple things. And it was it was enough to make me see what was possible and knowing that if I focused in on it more intentionally, I could grow that. Uh, And then having kind of a little bit of a runway, I felt really comfortable to do that. So um, I did, I I did what a lot of people do. I, I built some things up. I made a little bit of money to, to know that I could do it. I made the transition and then kind of really cut back my lifestyle on some of the the frivolous things that I was doing, maybe just spending money, going out to eat a bunch, doing a lot of things that was just easy to cut out that didn't really change a lot about the quality of our life, but it changed about how much of our disposable income was going out. So that that was really kind of how I weathered that storm, but I was very intentional. I knew before I left by about a year that I was going to leave. I didn't know what day I was going to leave. I didn't know what that would look like exactly, but I knew I was kind of near the end. And I actually told my my boss at the time, the CEO of the company I work for, kind of my intentions. I said, I, I told him, I said, this is the last job I'm going to have, right? I, I, you know, I, and I was very open with him and he appreciated that. And he was actually, he was actually kind of interested in kind of side hustles and things like that just himself. And I just told him, I said, you know, we kind of fixed the business. We got things cleaned up. We got things back on track and I'm going to go at some point. I don't know when I was kind of looking at, oh, I might retire. I might do something like that. I wasn't fully transparent, I guess, because of a little bit of fear, obviously. But uh, I did make it known that that I did have bigger aspirations in my life and, and I was looking to do something. I just didn't know the timing at that point. So let's get into some of the specifics of what you started creating, how you started generating your own money with these side hustles. Yeah. So uh, I, 
The biggest decision I made back in, I think it was about the time I would have joined your email list. This would have been in early 2020. I, I knew that I wanted to initially, kind of like you teach, I wanted to do a course. I wanted to do something that I could do passive. I wanted to build something. So I started a website. doesn't exist anymore. It's called uh, armypromotionpoint.com. It's probably on the Wayback Machine. But I started that very organically, bought the domain and said, let me see if I can go out and teach other people in the Army. Because one of the things that I did in the military, and this is going way back, back into the late 80s, early 90s, was I was always good at getting promoted fast. I was just something I was good at. I was a, a kind of a guy that would lean into things. I would figure things out. I'd roll up my sleeves. I would dive in, analyze, kind of figure it out. And then I didn't really have leaders that I worked for at the time that were really interested in my career. They weren't as interested in helping me out. They weren't as interested in giving me advice and counseling and mentorship and things. So I said, well, I don't know how passionate I am about the Army, about the Army and this stuff, but I know I'm really good at it. I know I'm really good at it. So back in, I don't have it right here. It's on my bookshelf back there. But I back in the 90s, back in 1995, I wrote this little book. It's called PowerPoints. This is before I thought about kind of the Microsoft app, but uh, PowerPoints, Mastering the Army Promotion Point System. They, they actually have used one still on Amazon. Uh, it's been out of print for years. But I sold that uh, in a military bookstore and, and things around the world through a distributor. I made like 50 cents a copy. I made hardly anything on it, but it was a way that I could go help people and people started to get help with getting promoted faster. So I had that out for about 10 years and that thing finally just phased out. It went out of um, kind of, it aged out with the content. It wasn't as valid anymore, but I, I looked back at that part of my life and said, well, I was really good at that. I wrote a little book that helped a lot of people. I wonder if I can lean into that. So I started a little website, armypromotionpoint.com started to give people help and support with promotion points. I did the exact thing that you would tell others and I tell others now not to do. Go build a course and then obviously people are going to buy it. Didn't happen. They, I think I sold five copies of it for 197 bucks, And I, so I built this massive course thinking that, man, obviously this is going to make me rich. And it made me like a few sales, which I was grateful for. But that led me to think, okay, what else can I do to lean more into this kind of topic and figure out a way to help people differently? So that's kind of how I got into the into that niche. But then what happened later in 2020 is I, I created a relationship through my course that I built that I sold five copies of with a guy who ranked number one in Google for a lot of the keywords that I was tracking and targeting, which was army cutoff scores. So real quick, before we get into that, because it sounds like this is going to a really positive place by forming this relationship, but some people will put something out there and not sell any. You sold five, you made a thousand bucks from this. In fact, yep. you, you mentioned the Wayback Machine. I have it up right now. I see a beautiful page, probably a Kajabi page here that used to be was, armypromotionpoint.com. You sold five courses. Like, Where did you find those people? I found those people just through this guy. So this guy, his name, I don't okay. remember his name, but he was, he was a medic. He, he was out of the army. He lived in Panama going through medical school. And what I did, I did 
like what a lot of, a lot of people do. I st- I went on Google and started looking at keywords that would be in my in my niche and my demographic. And this guy kept coming up. This guy, this cutoffscores.com, ncosupport.com, they were ranking really high. And I'm like, I don't know. Let me reach out and let me try to find this guy. So went on his website, found a contact button, reached out to him. He finally responded to me and I said, Hey man, I built this little course. It's about stuff that you have websites about. How about we do a, like a 50 50? I'll sell a course. I'll give you 50%. You know, I'm just trying to figure out how to sell this stuff. And he, he was pivoted, not really doing that anymore. Still had the websites getting ad revenue. And he said, yeah, sure. So he put some links up on his site. I started to get emails. And then I sold those five courses through that relationship with him. Okay. So, so when you first built the course, you didn't really have too many people to sell it to. And it wasn't until you, you met this guy uh, that you actually made the five sales. That's correct. So I, I made it with his help and his posting uh, those links. And then, you know, th- that, that was going, you know, five sales worth of okay. And I was starting to get at least a few emails but he reached back out to me a few months after that because we had kind of struck a friendship up and this little bit of relationship. And he said, hey, man, I'm in med school. I really don't want to do this anymore. I could use the money. Uh, you want to buy my website? I'm like, uh, man, really? Wow, what's that going to look like? So he wanted like 30 grand for a website. We negotiated 15. I had 15 grand. I, I gave him 15 grand for cutoffscores.com. He then a month later wanted more money. So then he sold me a second website for another 15 grand. And then with that website, he gave me a Facebook page that he had built back in 2010, uh, which I still have today. And today it has 208,000 followers on it. And um, I had about 200,000, 180 when I got it. But it, it's like a lot of Facebook pages. It's old, it's aged, there's a lot of junk, a lot of trolls, a lot of probably non-ideal people on it. But it still is an asset and it still is a good purpose. It serves a good purpose where I post lead magnets and offers and, and things like that. So I made those deals in 2020 and said, okay, so I have this promotion thing I want to do. I've created this course that a few people have bought. I, my biggest problem that a lot of people face out there is they don't have eyeballs and traffic. So now I purchased two websites for a total of 30 grand that now has built in organic reach that I can now go lean into and go figure out a way to take traffic and this niche and my background and figure out a way to start making money uh, differently. And that's kind of where the story goes and, and kind of where we're at at this point. So what, how was he making money from these websites? If he was willing to part with them for, you know, 15 grand per website, was he, was he even making money from, from these websites? Yeah, he was, he was not, it's funny. He wasn't selling any products and he wasn't building an email list. He had no emails. And the only way he monetized was through AdSense, Google AdSense. That was it at the time. And he would get, 1500 bucks a month from Google AdSense. And for him, that was all only reason he did it. He updated it once a month with kind of the, the thing people went to the website for predominantly. And he would collect the Google AdSense revenue from it. And that's the only way he monetized. So I knew, and I still do that today, but I don't use Google AdSense. I use Mediavine and, and Monumetric for those two sites. But I knew that, okay, spend 15 grand for each site. Okay. If it's making a thousand bucks a month, 1500 bucks a month, I know at some point it's going to pay back, right? Maybe may slow, 
maybe whatever, but it's not like it's unless something happens that I'm not going to eventually make my money back. And then something crazy happened that really concerned me, which I can go into if you want. I mean, you're you're teasing it like that. I got to know what the thing is that's crazy that happened. Yeah, he he built these sites back on on the Yahoo site builder platform back whenever 2010, 2012, I think of the two years on those websites. And uh, Yahoo came out right after I took those sites over a few months later and announced they were retiring that platform. It was old. It was not mobile friendly. It was just an old antiquated platform. So I took and had to, I had to build some base. Well, I built some WordPress sites some basic WordPress sites. I moved everything over knowing that, oh my gosh, what's that going to do to SEO back at the time? How is that going to work? But ultimately it worked out okay. I really didn't lose any traffic. I just moved everything over, over kind of in kind, kind of the exact URL structure. I didn't change anything. And I got those moved over uh, just in the nick of time before they, they cut off um, uh, that platform. So they gave us kind of a deadline to move, move our sites off. And we did, I did, and I did it myself, which is probably a mistake, but I did it myself because I was pretty, pretty anxious and anal and worried that somebody would not take time on it. So I moved it over and I, and I protected the traffic. And at the time, and even today, cutoff scores is getting about 250 to 300,000 page views a month organically. And NCOsupport.com is getting probably 80 to 100,000 page views a month organically. And then the other site that I built uh, on Kajabi is getting probably 50 to 70,000 page views a month organically. And that's how I drive my leads, Jock. I, I take those two WordPress sites. I do very little to them. I've, I update them once a month. And I just get leads that get over to Kajabi that now join my email list for the for the one thing that is really proven to be a great converting lead magnet for me. And that's how I get about a thousand email addresses a month organically is through through those two websites that I bought for fifteen each. It sounds like you have the the traffic piece to to this whole thing figured out, uh, but your the website we were talking about, armypromotionpoint.com, you know, doesn't exist anymore, right? So what, right. what what happened next in terms of where did you go in terms of your offers, courses, memberships, and, and even overall branding? Because that, that went away. What happened next there? Yeah. Yeah. So obviously, I still have those two WordPress sites today that just paid, that played this core, uh, um, core part of my funnel strategy, which is organic traffic, push people to my Kajabi site, which is ncoonfire.com, ncoonfire.com, which I started, I don't know, I think it was, um, I think it was 2021, 20, late 2020, something like that, when I actually started that domain. And that, that now sits at the back end of this funnel, which is two WordPress sites, Give, give the value that people are showing up for in my niche with the thing that is going to lead them into my products and services. They come over to my Kajabi site, NCO on Fire. They join my email list. Those are the three sites that I have. Now I have sitting off to the side here, I have the kind of the junky Facebook page that I got with the two WordPress sites that have a couple hundred thousand followers on it. I still can get a lot of I can push people to my Kajabi site for leads there, and I also post offers there. But then in April of 2021, 
I started a Facebook group to make it much more engaged and more intentional. And that group I started from scratch. And as a result, I've grown that now to almost 39,000 people in that group. And that one's really highly engaged. I have like 10 moderators in there. So that pay, that plays kind of this this pivotal role too in, in these assets, two WordPress sites, a Kajabi site, Facebook page, Facebook group. All of those converge into leads on the Kajabi site, about a thousand a month organically. Then they start to go through the products and services that I offer, which are today predominantly as a, as a membership, right? That's the core uh, product today as a membership. And then from that membership, I have a, a bunch of uh, courses and content inside that membership that I splinter out and I sell uh, kind of as a one-off um, uh, offer at times uh, in the funnel. And sometimes I'll run a few Facebook ads. I'm not doing it currently, but I'll run some Facebook ads or I'll start to promote those offers in different promotions and different months and things like that as well. So why don't you, why don't you explain for the audience you, within your brand is the, is the acronym NCO, right? It's now NCO is on fire. What, what is an NCO? Yeah. NCO is a non-commissioned officer. It's, it's think of it in, in the military structure as kind of the first line supervisor of people. So you have soldiers in the army and NCO is now promoted into that first rank of kind of a sergeant, right? A sergeant is now responsible for people, for soldiers, for a team. And then an NCO can can go across, uh, I think, five different ranks and, and different levels of NCOs. So from an, what we call an enlisted five, E5 sergeant, all the way up to an E9. So E5 to E9, not to get too uh, you know, crazy here, but these are different levels of NCOs. The NCOs that I target are those first two levels of NCOs, those that first level of NCO that has just become an NCO for the first time and is now leading people and is trying to get promoted faster. And then that next level of NCO, which is now just that next step that is still trying to figure out their career, still trying to figure out how to get promoted faster. Beyond that, those people, those NCOs now become kind of more out of my out of my content and they're more advanced and and I don't have as much content that's going to help them. So why the pivot? Because you're still in the, you know, helping army people um, get promoted and whatnot. Why the pivot from armypromotionpoint.com to ncoonfire.com? It's the same thing. It's it's the content is largely the same. So Army Promotion Point, the domain, served NCOs with the same type of content that NCO on Fire does. Uh, it, it's the same basic content. I just didn't keep the domain the same. I just said, oh, let's come up with something cuter. Oh, let me look at John Lee Dumas. Oh, he's on fire. Let's use that. Why not? Uh, I had a whole lot of thoughts back then, but um, it's too late to change it. It's good enough for now. And the cutoff scores and the ncosupport.com websites are, they fit nicely in that niche of helping early career non-commissioned officers figure things out, get promoted faster, and learn how to become better first-line leaders for their soldiers in the Army environment. Okay. So you've, you sell five courses back in the day. You buy websites. You move it along. When, when did it really start to work for you? Well, it worked because 
when it started to work was when I realized I could actually grow an email list. So I earned, I learned early on that I needed to have an email list. The, the gentleman that I bought the sites for didn't have one, wasn't monetizing other than through passive display ads. So I immediately saw the value. And it's like, man, I have a lot of traffic. Let's go create a lead magnet. Let's go create something that people will give me their email address for. And then I don't know exactly what I'm going to do at that point, but at least I have them on a list that I can start to talk to them and start to put offers in front of them and invitations in front of them. So I started to just collect leads and I was collecting a few a day in the beginning, trying to figure out how to put that in place. And, you know, I joined your program and, and I think I've bought so many programs uh, out there from different people, but uh, I've learned the value of an email and I've learned the value of having a good email list. And then I've learned over time the value of now you have an email list. What do you do with them? How do you put them through a funnel? How do you now give them the next step, the next win and give them an opportunity to go deeper with you? So that's what I began to figure out in 2020 after I bought these websites. And so the, the main offer became the, the membership, right? So you kind of kind of pivoted from courses to memberships. And, and if that's if that's the case, can you kind of talk through that process of, of why you did it that way? Yeah, in the beginning, I, I offered a what what I call a counseling templates package, which was at the time about 100 templates. Maybe it was even 50 back at, back at the time. It's 50 templates on a PDF that were pre-filled out and some video uh, tutorials and training that explain how to do it and how to get there faster. And that would help these NCOs lead their soldiers better and give them the tools that they struggle to have and find on a daily basis. So I had these templates, I put them into a product, I recorded some videos, I started selling that first for like 40 bucks, 39 bucks. And that that's what I did for many months. And that's the only thing I did. And I, and I was selling again, like I said, I was selling a few thousand dollars, um, just trying to figure things out. And that's when I knew kind of, okay, I can actually make money online. Let me see what else I can do. And that is going to give me now more encouragement and more opportunity to think about leaving my job. Right. So that's what I did early on. And then I started to learn about memberships and me thinking, oh, wow, what's better than somebody buying something from you? Well, maybe they can just pay me every month for something. Uh, I started to kind of get the big membership eyes that people love out there, right? Oh, how do, how do I become a Netflix? And it's a lot harder than, than maybe you might think uh, out there. But uh, I just created a I took all this stuff that I built, all of these little products and digital digital things, and I, I kind of created some over time. I learned about pre-selling. I pre-sold some over time. And then I said, I'm just going to throw all this stuff behind a paywall, throw all this stuff in a membership. I'm going to commit to making a new training every month uh, to make it sticky so people have a reason to keep paying me. I'm going to add a community. I'm going to um, you know, create an opportunity for people to come together, but still it's going to have my stuff in it. It's going to have kind of my four or five pieces of uh, core content. And it still does today. My membership today still has five specific digital products and courses in it. And I no longer have a community in it because I figured out that I didn't want to get on a community call all the time. I didn't enjoy it. Um, so I, I got rid of the community and then I did something crazy, which I'm still doing today, which is I, I kind of promoted and offer it as is unlimited one on one mentoring. Right. Uh, which is crazy in a membership until I realized that 
nobody really uses it. <laughs> so they don't use it. And, and I do it through video ask and I just have an automated workflow. Somebody wants to ask me a question. They push a button, ask a question, push a button. It comes to me. I push a button, answer it, push a button. It goes to them. And it's very lightly used. And, but it does give me an opportunity to promote that as a premium kind of get out of jail free card for people to, Hey, when you run into a problem, I bill my membership as an insurance policy. You may not need it every day of your career, but the second you do, you know, you have this get out of jail free card because like me, I had army leaders and bosses who didn't take an interest in my career. Uh, so they have those two. If you have a great boss, then my product's not for you. But if your boss is not that great, it doesn't take an interest in you or is too selfish to care about you instead of themselves in their career, then I'm a great option. I'm the next best thing for you. So it's an insurance policy. And when you need me, I'll be there. And then when you need help with with faster ways to get the most common things in your life done, which is counseling your soldiers, writing awards for your soldiers, writing evaluation reports on your soldiers, all of these things that I know these NCOs struggle with, and I give them all the tools and resources to fast-track that so they don't have to think too much. That plus the get-out-of-jail-free card plus a new piece of content every month creates the opportunity for me to call it a membership and for them to pay me every month. Okay, so there's a, there's a lot of pre-recorded content and templates and and, um, and and things that they can just access as soon as they're inside the membership. The things that make it, that make somebody want to stick around month after month would be, you said a new piece of content each month and then this unlimited one-on-one -on -one mentorship. Do I have that right? That's correct. Those are the two things. Everything else is static and doesn't. Everything change. else is static. So it sounds like it's it's fairly low maintenance. I think people are really intrigued by the idea of memberships because of the recurring payments, but they're scared of it because of potential right. churn and and offering the recurring value to people to get them to want to stick around. So for you, I, I guess the question is like, are people sticking around? Because you said just now, people are not really using. Your, your video ask system of unlimited mentor, mentorship. Yeah, they do stick around. Now, everybody leaves at some point, right? They're going to leave the army. They're going to outgrow it. Everybody leaves at some point for sure. But I have an eight to nine month kind of um, average life cycle of a member, which is really good. I, I like it. It's good enough for me. I have a high churn rate. You know, gurus out there will tell you, hey, if you have a churn rate, which is how many people leave your membership every month, if you have a churn rate of like five, seven, eight percent higher, that's not a business. I have a churn rate of about fifteen percent, and I I stopped worrying about that stuff. I used to really get nervous about it and and things like that. But the way I have it set up is I know people come and I know people go, and I know people stay eight to nine months on average, and I know that people get value out of the content and templates and things that I have and they're there and I up, I put new ones in on occasion and then a new piece of content every month and then I give them the opportunity doesn't mean they'll take it the opportunity to get help support and feedback when they want it so that has created the stickiness it probably has if you look analytically created a higher churn rate where I'm getting a 15% churn so out of 100 people 15 leave every month well I just need to go find 16 every month to keep growing. And I have about 200 members right now. And I typically stay at or a little above churn every month with new members coming in. 
And like we talked about earlier, what kind of lifestyle do you want? Do I want for me right now? I'm happy with that. And it creates, and, and I'll, I'll dispel a myth out there. Memberships are not passive, but they can be highly passive depending on how you structure them, right? If you have a content focused membership and you don't focus on the community, but your content is of a nature that you're adding some content on a regular basis that is creating new value. Maybe that's once, once a month, or for me, it could be a couple of new templates a month. It could be a new piece of training a month. It still can be valuable for people to pay you every month. It doesn't mean you need to hop on a call every week. It doesn't mean that you've got to create a bunch of busy work for yourself. It just means you add value and you price it at a point. Mine's $39 a month. It's not like I'm charging people $500 a month to be in this membership. I charge them $39 a month. And for that price, for those tools, and that opportunity to get help when they might need it most, it's a good value. And it's kind of a no-brainer. Why would they cancel it? Now, they do, but enough of them don't. And that's the thing for me is it creates, I can do my membership in two to three hours a week total time managing it. And it's it's really a low maintenance type of business because I've set it up that way. A lot of people go set up their programs to create activity and a busyness. I just have not done that. And you have the choice to make when you set your membership up, whoever wants to do that, to set it up in a way that serves you versus you trying to create a bunch of busy work. I'm glad you said that. A lot of people think that with the recurring model, the membership model, we have to have live Q and A's every week, maybe multiple live Q and A's every week. We have to offer one-on-one -on -one calls. We have to offer a lot of support. And at the end of the day, there are hundreds of things that we could potentially include within an offer. And I think as right. the creator of it, it's up to you to figure out what's going to work for you the best first, because if you're not selecting things to include in your offer that you're very willing to fulfill on, then you're not able to show up the best way you possibly can, right? If you're doing a live Q&A or one-on-one -on -one calls and you don't really want to, but you feel like you kind of have to, then you're probably not showing up as well as you you could or should be for the people that you're mentoring or training. And so I love that you set it up in a way that's that's working for for you. Um, but I'm curious why people aren't cashing in that unlimited mentor mentoring. You know, again, I position it in a way that Hey, when you have a struggle or a problem, and if you can't get help from the people around you and your boss, then ask me a question. Now, people do use it. I'm not saying they don't use it, but they don't use it. They don't use it at a level that has become a problem for me, right? That you, I probably do two or three per week. That's it. And the great thing about because I'm an automation guy, I think like you, we like I like passive. I know you like passive. We like to set things up. Spend a lot of time up front, get that leverage, a lot of time up front setting up systems and automation to be able to live a much smoother life for the long haul. So with Video Ask, setting up the funnel where it's like uh, it's right embedded into Kajabi in a lesson uh, with the code. And, and I, get the, I get the notification on my phone. I'm literally sitting in traffic at a stoplight and I'm literally answering the question in 30 seconds and literally hitting the button and sending it back to them. So the friction, I've created a very low friction mechanism for me to give a high level of perceived value. And to me, that's worth it. Uh, 
and clearly to enough of the members, it's worth it because they're still there. I have members today that have been with me since I opened the doors in, I think it was like April 26th of 2021 on this membership. I have members that have been there since day one that have never used that tool. Back then I was offering more of the community calls and things like that. But as I've pivoted into more of the, what lifestyle do I want to create around this membership? People have just continued to stay because I think they see, they see the value and they see the opportunity to get help when they need it. And I think the content is of a nature that it helps them out in their daily life, right? This, this isn't content that you kind of watch one time and go, oh, that was nice. That was a nice piece of training. These are templates and tools. Like I have one resource there that gives over 1,100 examples of how to write uh, an evaluation report on somebody, giving them that plug-and-play language that I know as a leader in the Army and in the corporate world that when you are under the crunch to get something done, it's sure nice to have a crutch and to have some some passages and some effective phrases and some proper army language to be able to plug and play and modify. I call it copy, paste, tweak, copy, paste, tweak it to fit your situation. And I think that's a very highly used ongoing tool for people. So I think that's that helps. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of asynchronous communication as well. Um, I, I try these days I'm trying to have as few actual meetings on my calendar as possible. Uh, things like a podcast interview, that's kind of hard to do asynchronously, right? We're talking live right now to each other. Um, so this would be an exception to to that rule. But in general, when in doubt, I try to lean more toward the asynchronous route. So I love what you've set up with the way you're framing this, this mentorship. I, uh, I use video ask, not for the application that you're talking about. I'm sure a lot of people listening to this could, um, could get some value out of video ask, maybe implement it kind of like you have. So you've got it just embedded right inside of your, your membership. And they know if they need that support, what, what do they do? They just record a video, record audio, and then it sends to your inbox to where you can reply to at any point. Yeah, it's embedded in, inside of a lesson, and they have three options with video ask. They can leave, uh, they can do, I prefer video. I always respond in video because I want to give that personal touch. But they can do a video, they can do audio, they can do text. They can type it, type it in, talk it out, or show their face. However they want, doesn't matter to me. And they simply go in, push the button on their, on their phone, or if they're on their desktop, whatever, say what they're going to say, ask what they're going to ask. And then through, as you know, with video asked, you set up the workflow and now it gives me a notification on my phone says, Hey, you have a new message. And I'm like, Oh, that's interesting. And I click the, the banner it goes right in there, pops up the message. I hit play or I read it or I listen to it. And it's like, Hey, I uh, was looking at, I was looking at the, um, the templates and uh, did you have one on this? I didn't see one. And a lot of times they're just questions like that. And I'm like, uh, yep, absolutely. It's there. It's called this and go look here or no, I don't have one on that. Great idea. I think I'll create one and I'll put it in there here in the next you know few days. And uh, so I'll do that as well. So that's, that's how I use it. And it's, it's so low friction, but in turn has such high perceived value because they get, they get to ask me a question in real time. And I, although I tell them 24 hour response during the week, right? I don't, make any commitments on the weekends. And I always state it's up to a 24 hour response time during the week, but I 
almost without fail weekends and anything, because it's so easy, I'll respond literally in one or two minutes of getting the thing. So I think that creates some value too. And then to, to another thing that you do that I do is Bonjoro that I, every time I get a new member, every time I get a new customer, whether it's for a digital product, a course, or a member, I just, I, I get the notification in Bonjoro, just the way that the workflow is set up. And I send up, I say, hey, Stephen here, I appreciate you joining the membership. If I could do anything for you, just please reach out and let me know. There's a video ask, there's this lesson in there. You can go get this, make sure you watch the welcome video. I give them probably a 45-second kind of welcome. And although my churn is fairly high, I think it's I'm I'm completely fine with it because I think I think it all serves when you add all this up the way that I deliver and fulfill the membership to the to the members the way that I look at the churn and my current membership level and the price I'm paying I'm completely content and happy with the way it's going Obviously, I love Bonjoro as well. That's that's a that's pretty much how I use it too. Um, just one more thing about this video ask thing. If, if even if somebody just has a standard course, I, I'm a big fan of having like the comment section under each lesson turned on because I, you know, I, I like to to make money from selling the course, but I also like for people to get the result too. And anything we can do that doesn't take too much of our time that helps people move along, get the sport. When they hit a roadblock, maybe get the additional support they need. And this sounds like maybe a next level thing that somebody could be doing, even just for a normal course, maybe instead of, or in addition to a just text comment section below a lesson, you, we could have that like below every lesson potentially. Hey, did you have a yeah. question about this lesson? You know, send us a video, send us an audio snippet, um, really, really seamless and easy. And with your, you know, anecdotal evidence, you know, maybe people aren't going to use it a whole lot maybe and i think i think there are a lot of fears out there with implementing something like that because they're like oh my gosh that's going to give me so much more work right people are going to use like they're like oh I, you know i have 50 people sign up every month and so you know 50 people are going to be messaging me every single day and that's you know that's from my experience as well that's just not the case it's really nice people think it's really nice to see that you're doing that and maybe every once in a while they'll use it but I've never seen a case where somebody offered something like that and it was abused and it just became too yeah. much work. And you know what? If it does become too much work, then maybe Stop that's it. time to, to outsource that and you can have a support person answer those questions so you can con- continue to help people out. Yeah, I, I leave my comments on too on all of my lessons inside of Kajabi and people use them. I mean, they'll put stuff in there. Uh, hey, this was great. This is really helpful. And I use some of those as testimonials uh, as well. But the thing is, and you're right, so video ask and using it the way I use it is kind of like a refund myth. It's like I'm worried about offering a guarantee because I'm going to get all these refunds. I get I get so few refunds. Uh, it, it's almost non-existent, right? Um, once in a while, I'll get a refund request because somebody canceled and they were charged or some little snafu. I was like, yeah, no problem. Uh, no big deal. But I, I rarely ever get a refund request and I offer 30 back day money back guarantee. I'd kind of do the standard stuff. No one asks for a refund. No one overuses the video ask. And I always tell people if they did, I'd probably stop offering that and I would offer something else in place of it. But 
I think I think the trade off for me is just such a high uh, perceived value and and a really great thing that I could say during marketing is like, hey, where else are you going to get unlimited one on one mentorship and feedback? Or if you just have a question, or if you, maybe you just don't trust somebody around you, or maybe you think you're getting bad information, run it by me. I don't have a dog in that fight, right? I'm a I was an army guy. I was an army NCO. I was an army officer. I was a corporate executive. I, so I don't have every answer in the world, but I know a lot about leadership and I know a lot about the army and I could probably at least give you some good sound guidance and some feedback to make you think about it maybe a little bit differently. And that's the way I promote it. And that's the way I talk about it. And it is so easy. I'm literally on the hundred minute a month plan. I think I pay $30 a month for video ask, it's like the biggest no-brainer in the history of, of Earth, right? It's 30 bucks a month. I'd never have used my 100 minutes. I got plenty. I'd go to a lower plan, I think. They have a free plan, but uh, I, I'd prefer the paid plan, just I think a few more features. But uh, yeah, it's, it's just such a no-brainer. And I would say if you're trying to figure out a way to connect more with your people to buy your course, the, the people that, that enroll into your membership, and you're looking for ways to differentiate and to add real value, do something like that because there's almost guaranteed people are not going to abuse it because people don't abuse that stuff. It's like your program, Jocko, CG Coaching, which I'm in, which I love. It's not like I'm messaging you every day asking you 20 questions, right? It's not. Now, could I? I probably could, but I don't. And I, I just don't think that's the way to go. I know I can get on a call once a week, once every two weeks, whatever the rhythm is that you set up, and I can listen in and get all the information and feedback that I want. And that's perfectly good with me. All right. But I knew if I had a problem, if I had a real pressing issue right now, and I'm like, uh oh, I need help. I don't know what to do. I know I could post something in the forum or in the community, and I'm pretty sure you'd see it and you, in a reasonable amount of time, you'd respond to me. And that's good enough. That's all I'm looking for. Well, thanks Thanks for that promo for my program. Uh, look, you mentioned Video Ask, you mentioned Bonjoro, you mentioned Kajabi, right? I use all those tools too. Uh, I'm yeah. curious what other tools you're using and loving. It sounds like our tech stacks are pretty similar these days. Yeah, because if you, uh, years ago, I used Deadline Funnel. So when people, when people come into my, uh, you know, they come into my email list with a promotion point calculator, they immediately get a 30 minute tripwire offer to buy a counseling package for like $27, the big discount just to try to convert a customer. That's a 30 minute deadline funnel driven campaign. They immediately go into a three day membership campaign at that point. They have three days deadline funnel. Uh, emails. I send an email a day. The last day I send four emails. I really load them up with, uh, you better get it now. I load them up with that, that last day of four emails, uh, deadline funnel driven. And then after that, they go into a 10 day campaign. If they haven't bought into a, uh, buy my counseling package. Cause I know that's a product I've sold over 1100 of those programs. And I know that that's a a product and a little course that could really, really help them. I can get them to buy that over a 10 day. I give them a, a, I have 162 examples in my package now that are all updated as of this year. I give them one of those 162 examples, one a day for 10 days uh, as value. And I'm always pushing them back in, buy all of them, buy all of them. And then when they get into there, I retarget them and then try to get them back into the membership that way. So I'm always trying to create 
create a buyer, create a customer, try to find a way to have somebody give me some money to go deeper so I can show them the value of my paid products so I could then work and get them uh, deeper into my funnel, maybe into some recurring revenue models there. So those are kind of the ways that I, that I use those tools. So video ask, uh, I use Descript. I know you're a big proponent of Descript. I love that. Uh, that has made my video editing when I have it just super, super simple. Love that. Uh, Chat GPT 4.0. I know you use that as well. Uh, I use read.ai. So when I have calls with people, it may not be around NCO stuff specifically, but when I have other calls with, with people about other things, I use read.ai, which is a plugin for Zoom, and it's like 25 bucks a month. I'm on the, the kind of the pro plan, and it just it does it records everything to the cloud, which is not a big deal. It creates a highlight video, creates a trailer, it creates all the questions and notes and transcript. It creates all the outcomes and things from the call, action steps, everything. It's just a great thing that um, I found helpful in certain conversations. So I just have it now in Zoom that every Zoom call I have, it just automatically turns itself on and I may or may not use it, but that's a big one. And then... Um, uh, Kajabi payments. I know, I know that's not really a tool, but it's something I was an early beta tester of, which I really love. I know, I know. Are you using it now, Kajabi payments, or have you switched over? No, I don't know what I did to the people at Kajabi, but not only do I not have access to it yet, I got an email recently saying, "Sorry, but like they they just kind of rubbed it in. Like, sorry, you still don't have access to it. Like, I got a personal email just saying, like, nah, you you don't have access to oh, it man, yet. Man. Yeah. So I'm very excited about I using they opened it. Kajabi. Yeah, I thought they opened it for everybody. <sighs> I mean, at this point, I don't think I have access to it. The reason that I want wow. it most of all is to uh, uh, to have additional payment options for people. I know that with Kajabi payments, I can not only can I have you know Stripe credit card payments and PayPal, which I'm accepting now, but it'll also give me the option for uh, Google Pay and Apple Pay, and they have some more yep. uh, more payment options coming down the road. I don't like giving people too many choices in general. Like let's not put too many offers in front of people, too many choices within the, within the same offer. But when it comes to how they can pay me. I'm a big fan of yeah. you know making that as easy as possible and allowing people to choose their payment method of choice. If we could add uh, Cash App and Venmo and, and Bitcoin and like I'm I would I would turn all of those on if if I could. Yeah, I'm finding a lot of people are really paying a lot through through uh, Apple and Google Pay. I, I see that more and more since that went on with Kajabi Payments with me. I'm finding quite a number of people. Just like that, let's double click my button. Let's uh, make this super simple, and I think I think that just ultimately is going to help conversions. And I I have had really good luck with Kajabi payments. I know you know this, but my I had some uh, what did they call them? Some uh, card card testing that happened in my Kajabi account where I had some fraud and people were buying. I had a $1 trial running at the time and they kept buying and buying and buying and buying like hundreds of transactions and Stripe couldn't help me. I mean, Stripe, they tried to help me, but they wouldn't return quickly the information, uh, things like that. But then I had just got on Kajabi payments, which is just white labeled Stripe. And it even says that. But when that happened, when I was in Kajabi payments, Kajabi was really helpful. They got it resolved. They put some controls in place. Uh, so it, it would increase friction for, for card testers and things. But that really sold me that I just had this experience with Stripe proper 
And now I just had this experience with Kajabi Payments, white-labeled Stripe internally, and my experiences were so different from each other. I was sold on Kajabi Payments at that point. They've been very good to work with. Um, I, I don't particularly care for PayPal. I use it because I think some people just see the value in it. I use it. I'm not a big fan. So I have turned off Stripe proper and I'm only using Kajabi payments. And the only thing I have Stripe right now is all of these residual memberships that are just going to continue to build through Stripe until that kind of, uh, kind of wears out over time. But everything new is Kajabi payments. So. That's, that's what I'm doing right now. I love it. And I know, I've heard you talk about school as well. I've, I've been checking out school. They just had Sam Ovens just released um, all of their, their payment options now in school. So um, I've, I've been, I'm not moving off of Kajabi, but I'm just thinking, is there a way to use school maybe for a free community funnel with some of all of these Facebook people in my group and things, get them maybe into a little bit more of a tight knit community and then pitch them stuff inside a school, kind of maybe some digital products. So I'm just kind of thinking, thinking about how to leverage these different tools. I'm, a, I'm an early adopter on some of this stuff, sometimes to my own uh, demise, right? Like AppSumo, like this will nickel and dime you death by a thousand offers in AppSumo. It will kill you. And uh, I got to really, I'm really trying to, to narrow down my tech stack. And about every quarter I go through and I say, what can I kill and get rid of? I know, I, I know I'm a Kajabi Pro user. I know I'm a deadline funnel guy. I know I use Bonjuro. I know I use Video Ask. And I know I use Descript and ChatGPT4. But I think I could probably get away with just that and not have to spend, you know, you know here's $10 a month and $39 a month and $20 a month and, and everything else. I think I can really make a game out of this and see how low I can keep the expenses. Because as we know, profit margins are really high in these types of businesses. And I can literally, with my Kajabi account at $3.99 a month on the pro plan, I can literally run a $5,000 business or a $500,000 business. It, 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 it scales perfectly for that. And that's why I'm a big Kajabi fan. Yeah, yeah, that's the the, the three ninety nine tier is like their top end tier. I think the the bottom end tier is like one one fifty a month, something like that. But yeah, you don't you don't need anything more than that to, to run the business. But man, it sure is fun to geek out on some new tools and just play oh with them uh, to to a detriment right. sometimes. You're right. I know you're a webinar guy too. So you were a big um, what was the what was the webinar platform that you were really impressed with recently? Oh, e webinar. Kind of took e webinar. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and they kind of took a turn on courses, and I know you kind of like, oh, this this kind of, I don't know if I want to promote this as, as hard. Yeah, as well, so. I'm still using it a little bit, but I have mixed yeah. feelings about that one. But, you know, especially when people are getting started, I certainly recommend going as few as possible. And I like what you said about just kind of auditing our tools every so often, because sometimes, you know, we, we sign up for one here and one there, and then we're, we're, we're paying every month, and we kind of forget about it, not using as much as we expected. And just to kind of reset and, and cut some of those every now and then is definitely a, a good thing. Um, yeah, you, it could get away from you real quick. You, you mentioned some numbers here and there. I want to, I want to go there next. If you don't mind, could you, could you share sure. with, you know, maybe ballpark numbers of, of what this is, yep. what this is bringing in for you now? Yeah. So um, one of the things I said at the beginning was uh, lifestyle. So I want to have this lifestyle. I want to live a life. I could probably grow faster and grow bigger. I just choose to 
really protect my time. So I'm a real big revenue stream guy. I believe in stacking revenue. When I worked a corporate job, I had one paycheck from one employer that was always at risk. It's great when it's great, but when it goes away, it's, it's you go binary. You're either doing really bad. It's kind of like Zig Ziglar said, you know, if, if you if you either have one foot in hot boiling water and one foot in ice cold water, on average, you're not warm, right? You have two very unique experiences uh, with each foot there. So I believe in, in income stream. So right now, my total revenue for the for my typical month is between seventeen and twenty five thousand dollars. That's what I'm making a month. Um, I've my my high this year. I think it's been about twenty four, and I'm I'm typically I think this last month I'm going to be around nineteen or twenty. I get about seven thousand dollars a month recurring from the membership. I have about 200 people. My average price point in there is probably $35 because I have people in there from 20 to 60 and all prices in between as I've tested. I do about $5,000 a month in just one-off digital products on top of that that I sell through the funnel or I do promotions or post offers in the Facebook group or send an email promotion or something like that that uh, people are in the membership. I also have a a partnership with a, a little software as a service company that I get about $5,000 a month, hundred percent passive residuals that I invested in. So that's, that's a great thing. I'm a big passive income guy. I get about uh, $1,500 a month from passive ad revenue from Mediavine and Monumetric for my two WordPress sites. And I do a little bit of, I get a little bit of affiliate revenue from probably four or $500 from Kajabi with different people that have signed up with with one of my links and I have uh do a little bit of of online business coaching, you know, for for different people, not much, probably a couple grand a month there that I'm doing um just as probably 10 hours a month, 15 hours a month in total that I do cuz I love to to help people start their businesses. So it's just something I like to keep sharp in and get reps on. Uh so all of that all of that added up gives me kind of that 17 to $25,000 a month. And I'm perfectly content. I would love, my goal is to get to 50, but to go, my goal is to not get to 50 and give away 50 hours a week and, and trade for that. That's not my goal. My goal is to get to 50 and still have my days, my evenings, my weekends, my walks, my naps, the things that I really enjoy out of life. I've lost a lot of weight. I've gotten so much healthier. I have much more energy, and I am not willing to trade the the benefits of what's happened in my life for multiples of thousands, unless there's a reason I need to have it. And right now, I'm very happy where I'm at. I do want to get to 50 grand. I think that'll be a super nice lifestyle to give me a lot of flexibility and options. And I think I can definitely get there in the next maybe two to three years. I just have to be a little more intentional, a little bit more focused on scale, uh, thinking about protecting my time. But I now have a lot of assets that I didn't have just a couple of years ago, which is knowledge and understanding of how to do these things differently with funnels and automations and things. So I'm just getting better and better. And that's why I hang out with guys like you, Jock, because I'm just picking up things. This is this is what I do. I hang out with guys like you. I get smarter. I'm a big Graham Cochran fan. I know you are as well, because he lives a lifestyle that I'm really 
uh, paying attention to. And I love that lifestyle that he lives. I love the way you approach passive income and approach protecting your time and asynchronous and things like that. So I hang out with people and invest in myself, invest in the programs with people that are living the type of lifestyle, doing the things that I want to do more of. Yeah, you mentioned starting to do a little bit of, of business coaching yourself. Um, you you obviously like to uh, to geek out on on the business side of things, and so I would love to for you to share with the audience kind of the the, the Stephen approved method of going about this whole thing. You know, earlier I talked about there could be people listening to this that are they're they're in that corporate job, and maybe they don't even know you know, what direction they could go. They just know they want to go in another direction. So what, what is, what are the like Stephen approved steps? What is your recommended path to get to kind of a place where you are now? Yeah, a couple things. Uh, in the beginning, when you're, when you're thinking about pivoting, when you're thinking about making a change in your life, what you do today may not be what you do tomorrow. What I'm doing today is not what I, what I did two years ago. So don't short side yourself and trying to be perfect out of the gate. Know that you're trying to create a pivot in your life. You're trying to create maybe a different way of living, uh, a way that you could be full-time self-employed. So lean into the things maybe in the beginning that you're just really good at doing. I'm not super passionate about the Army, right? I like it. It's good. I like helping people. But it's not something I wake up every day going, man, I get to work on Army stuff today, right? This is why I've set it up in kind of a passive way as much as I can. But I knew in the beginning that that was something I was really good at. I had a background in and I could lean into and I felt confident and comfortable in. So always ask yourself this question. What do you know that nobody knows you know? What do you know that nobody knows you know? And if you have a skill, maybe you're an Excel guru. Maybe you're really good at Army stuff, at pro getting promoted faster. Maybe you're good at um, t training dogs. Maybe you just have these skills that ultimately you won't be long-term building your life and business around. But it could be the thing that today, tomorrow, and maybe for the next year or two gets you through the pivot it allows you to create some independence and some uh, self-employment and kind of the, the beginnings of the lifestyle you want and lean into the things that are going to help get you there today. And then you can always change. You're never stuck with what you're doing today forever, right? You never are. So I think when I look back on that, um, that's what I began to learn faster. It's like, okay, what, what, what do I know? It's going to help me get out of this situation faster. And I leaned into that, created something around it, and then began to pivot. As you said, I enjoy now having gone through these experiences, helping people start and grow online businesses a lot like you. I'm still learning. I'm investing in myself in programs and coaching and, and things. I'm, I'm a work in progress like everybody. And the thing that I can do is help people that don't know what I know yet and help them get started and help them navigate these things maybe without as many mistakes. So lean into what you know in the beginning, have that be the first thing, but it's not necessarily the only or the last thing that you'll ever do. Very, very good stuff, Stephen. Thank you so much for joining me, for sharing all of that. Uh, lots of, lots of great golden nuggets here. 
Um, last thing is just what any calls to action, any pitches, uh, feel free. I mean, share if you, if you want to share your link to where you do the business coaching, I don't know if there's many NCOs listening to this. If if there are, please reach out and let us know. You never know. So make sure you share that URL one more time and and the business coaching and anything else you want to share. Yeah. If you're an NCO, if you're an NCO, if you're in the army and you just, or you know what, you may know somebody in the army and you may know somebody who's struggling, just have them reach out to me. Go to ncoonfire.com. Just hit the contact button. Just reach out to me. I just love to talk to NCOs and to help them. You don't have to buy any of my stuff, but I just geek out. And because people don't always reach out and talk to me, I'm always willing to talk to people who are needing help. And then on the online business side, onlineincome.coach, onlineincome.coach. Uh, you can see what I'm doing there if you're interested. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to place a plug for my wife, if you don't mind. I'm going to, because you've taught me about the power of course creation. And my wife has just started a brand new course and Kajabi, I built it out. It's looking good too. It's, it's about mystery shopping. Okay. So her website is learnmysteryshopping.com. Learn mystery. If you want to be a mystery shopper, if you want to make more money on the site, because my wife has a lot of friends that are just trying to make an extra 500 or a thousand dollars a month. This is what she does. She does it. She loves it. She enjoys it. Now she's teaching people how to do it. She built a course. I've loaded that up for her. So uh, I'm going to a shameless plug, Jock. So I appreciate No, that. absolutely. And that goes back to your lessons. Like I could, I can imagine that the, the conversations with your wife, you're sitting on the couch, you know, after a long day, it's like, let's think about what you could teach in an online course. And, and you exactly. probably helped her work through that and figure out what she was good at and, uh, and helped her set up this, this new business. Yeah, man. I love it. I love it. I just love building income streams. I love stacking Legos. And if you stack enough Legos, man, you're going to end up with a beautiful kind of Star Wars like uh, thing here before too long. You just got to stack the Legos, man, and have fun while you're doing it. Live the life you want to live. Don't stress out. Get help. Invest in yourself. And um, you're not alone out there. And, and we all try to figure it out. We all just try to get better every day. By the way, the Army football team is coming to my town here in a couple of months. They're playing okay. at LSU. You know, I've got the LSU helmet behind me. Uh, we go oh, to yeah. most of the games. So if you want an excuse to go to an LSU fo- football yeah. game, okay. Army is coming to town. You should come check it out. I think I think Army might be in trouble. <laughs> I think so. That's my guess. I think so. I think Army might be Ar- Army might be good against Navy, but you start putting Army against like SEC schools, it's it's kind of game over. So uh, I've had a feel. It's still fun to watch. All right, Stephen, it's been yeah, a pleasure, man. Thanks is. so much. All right, buddy, take care. Thanks. So that's a wrap on that conversation with Stephen. Thank you to him for joining me on the episode. I know he's been listening to the podcast uh, for a while. And so, you know, I want to thank him for that. And thank you out there for listening as well. I've been wanting to have Steven on because he's found some pretty cool success in his niche. And I hope that you found that, that information, that story uh, really valuable. It's, it's an honor to have him in my coaching program. He's, he's one of those guys that, you know, he, he gives as much value as he, you know, tries to pull out of it. So it's just an honor to have him as, as part of it. If you want to get more information about the, the coaching programs that I do offer, just head to the online and then click on coaching right at the top. And you'll see the programs that I have to offer. If you want to find the notes, the show notes from this episode, you know, this is primarily an audio episode. So if you're listening in your car, or you're, you're going for a walk and you can't 
immediately go to some of the URLs that we mentioned here. That's what the show notes are for. So you can refer back to later in an easy way, hopefully, when you want to and can. So to find that, just head to oc.show, right? That's kind of short for the online course show, oc.show slash 208. This is episode 208, and you'll find the show notes there. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the online course show. I appreciate you being here, and I am rooting for you in your success. See you next time. Oh, 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 oh,